When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, Episode 762, Communication Methods, by Colin Wright of ExileLifestyle.com. Hello, everybody. Nice to have you back here for this Tuesday edition of ORD. Today, we are reading from one of our most intriguing authors, Colin Wright, who chronicles his full-time traveler lifestyle on his website, ExileLifestyle.com. Needless to say, all that travel comes with a lot of new and unique perspectives, and today we'll be sharing his insight on how we can communicate with others and hopefully get on the same page about what our relationships with them need to thrive. Let's take a few minutes to hear Colin's words of wisdom and start optimizing your life. Communication Methods by Colin Wright of ExileLifestyle.com Successful communication is a multi-person effort. That's true in the sense that it requires both or all people to be engaged to be interested in the act of communication. But it's also true in the sense that we, as individuals, need to be aware of the other people involved and keep their interests, priorities, and perspectives in mind, just as we do for our own. In practice, this may mean pointing at something uncomfortable, something previously unaddressed, something difficult or cumbersome, and saying, I think it's a good idea that we talk about this, making it clear that communication would be beneficial in the first place. If the other person cannot be convinced that mutually participatory conversation is necessary, it may mean that a change in your state of affairs, job, partnership, friendship, is necessary. What you're putting into that relationship should be more valuable than what you're getting in return. It could also mean that a recalibration of your dynamic with that person is warranted along with an adjustment of your investment level and expectations. Once the other person is on board, though, developing and maintaining an awareness of who that person is, what they care about, and how they communicate can provide you with a framework for interaction that makes even difficult, uncomfortable conversations confrontable. For most of us, this type of intentional empathy requires conscious effort because it means stepping outside our own concerns and looking away from our own lenses our own ways of seeing the world, to gaze through someone else's looking glass, to speak in someone else's language for a time. In the context of communication, this means accepting that, perhaps, your gift-giving and gift-receiving proclivities might not be universal, and that although you believe you are showing your affection for someone when you shower them with presents, the person on the other end might be reading that message differently. They may see your presence as an indication that you're trying to buy them, or that you're trying to solve problems with money, when what they would really like is more of your time, 
more time spent with you. This miscalibration of intention and perception can occur within any type of relationship or connection with another human being at any level of commitment or casualness. A coworker may misread your jokey familiarity as a lack of respect rather than as cordial friendliness. Perhaps your mother seems cold and distant from your perspective, but from her point of view, she's expressing her love by being your rock, not behaving outwardly emotive, but always there for you when you need her, come what may. It may be that you'd like to be friends with your neighbors, but their idea of friendship is cordially waving hello in the hallway when you see each other, and your idea of friendship is weekly board game nights. Often, calmly and non-pushily bringing up the subject of how the other person sees the world will make a great deal of difference in remedying this miscalibration. This confrontation needn't be confrontational. Simply asking the other person about preferences, their ideals, can cast light on the situation. This illumination can help you both see where your collective wires might be crossed, and it can allow you, if appropriate, to then share your own perspective to indicate that you didn't realize they were big gift givers, and that you come from a background where people show their love by making things for each other, or being a quiet, calm rock for the other person instead. In some cases, this interaction will help you avoid doing something annoying or harmful that you were accidentally doing, completely unaware that such a thing could be perceived in that way. The best option, should that be the case, will almost always be to offer a contextualized apology. I'm so sorry, I saw things this way and thought I was accomplishing this, but now I know that you see things this other way and prefer this other way of doing things. I'll stop doing that thing that I was doing. This type of interaction could also present you with an opportunity to shift your stance and try something new. Even if you're not a physically expressive person, working on your hug game might be a worthwhile investment, especially if you're more accustomed to letting your gifts do the talking. If you're comfortable with constant flows of conversation, but your cubicle mate is not, you can exercise your communication muscles and figure out other, perhaps non-verbal, perhaps less verbal, ways to bond, even if that means stepping out of your comfort zone a bit. It's important to remember that there will be situations in which someone else's needs simply won't line up with yours, and in those cases, it's okay to shuffle the larger deck, rather than focusing on your own hand, as I previously mentioned. You needn't reshape important aspects of yourself to suit someone else's preferences any more than someone should fundamentally change themselves for you. But, in many circumstances, the potential changes will be mere tweaks to our trained reflexive behaviors, not substantial overhauls of foundational components of who we are as people. Even someone who considers themselves a chatterbox can learn to communicate in other ways, via other mediums and at different paces, without losing themselves as a consequence. Expanding one's range in this way is like a watercolorist deciding to learn how to paint with acrylics or oils. It's another permutation of the same thing. It's all communication. It's also beneficial to remember that, in addition to changing over time, our needs can also change throughout the day, across the span of a week, and so on. This can be uncomfortable and disorienting to note in ourselves and in others, but it's just a variation on the same theme that we can address in the same way, by bringing it up without judgment or accusation, asking earnest questions, and adjusting our communication methods accordingly. You just listened to the post titled, Communication Methods, by Colin Wright of ExileLifestyle.com. 
Thank you to Colin for expanding on one of my favorite things, communication. He makes a lot of wonderful points in this article about just the simplicity of having these essential conversations and why they don't need to be as awkward or hopeless as many of us convince ourselves that they are. And mind you, even having this type of dialogue in a way that's as sensible and easy as Colin has laid out, it still may not work out the way you expect. Maybe you won't find a common ground. But there are still other wins, like practicing empathy regularly, learning about others' preferences, and hey, even if you don't become great friends with this person or don't have styles that line up, the bond is sure to be stronger once they've realized your mindfulness and willingness to at least make a respectful effort. So I'm going to wrap this up and go have a chit-chat with my neighbor real quick. I suggest you all do the same. I appreciate you all being here, and I will see you tomorrow for another wonderful episode, my friends, where your optimal life awaits.